Welcome to Sister Act. This is a podcast where two sisters talk about movie musicals. I am one of those sisters. My name is Jackie. I am the other sister. My name is Nicola. And today we are talking about a 2006 classic film, Dreamgirls. We said we would do that last week and we told and the we truth. we did it. Yeah. This is very off-brand for us. <laughs> um, I haven't seen this movie in a really long time. It was kind Me of like neither. came into the queue because we were listening to the soundtrack while we were driving somewhere and realized we couldn't that we couldn't really the remember plot. the plot. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I'll just say this because like I've been listening to every song on the soundtrack since I was four, I guess. And like I kept feeling like the lip syncing was bad, but it wasn't. It was just that I was so not used to like having bodies attached to the voices that I was like, no, I think Beyonce's performance of Listen was like, looking... oh, that was like not great. But like during It's All Over, I was like, they're not doing bad lip syncing. I'm just like, can't imagine actual people like it. It's just that recording doesn't have a per- embodied performance to it for me, you know. Ah, that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you had seen the movie, though. Yes, okay. but I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, same. I don't think I've watched it since I saw it back in 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. But I stand by my childhood opinion that Eddie Murphy was robbed of the Academy Award for Best <laughs> Supporting Actor. Absolutely deserved it. I was mad for years of my life at Alan Arkin. I didn't respect him as a creative person because... <laughs> He had taken what was rightfully Eddie's. And now, you know, I have the distance to... I don't begrudge Alan Arkin his success. I think he is very good in Little Miss Sunshine, I do understand. But that was Eddie Murphy's one chance to get an Oscar, and the man should have it. <laughs> All right, the He's end of good. our episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess let's describe what happens. So the first three songs... I'm looking for something, going downtown, taking the long way home. They're on the Wikipedia. They're not on the soundtrack, but it's just like they're at the Apollo Theater. Um, they it, No, they're not at the Apollo Theater. They're at the Detroit oh, Theater. Oh, they're at the Apollo Theater. The Detroit Theater is proud to present. When they sing uh, Step Into the Bad Side. I don't know. There's one moment where they're at the Apollo Theater, and it's a big deal. Yes, they do go to the Apollo Theater. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, so they're at the Detroit theater and they're at like this talent competition and it's going to close with a big performance from James Thunder early. Um, and so we've got the Dreamettes, Dina, Beyonce, uh, Effie, Jennifer Hudson, and Laurel, Anika Nani Rose. Mm-hmm. And Dina's mom doesn't want her to be a singer, so they had to wait for her to fall asleep. So they're late to the yeah. 
competition but they, then get, they their, get to go on last jamie fox is just skulking around jamie fox is basically playing barry gordy but they don't call him by that name and they imply that barry gordy was like deeply involved with the mob which i don't I think know is true. i think like, barry gordy is just a good guy yeah <laughs> like, i i was kind of feeling like oh i didn't think that barry gordy like had this criminal past or anything or that he, he was like an abusive husband or like it doesn't it's not very explicit in what bad things he's doing he like steps to the bad side they're like gambling maybe he's fixing boxing but maybe he's thing, just good like, at guessing when we were listening to step into the bad side i was like oh and they're like doing some crime but then i was watching it i was like I'm not seeing a crime. It seems no, like they're, they're just, just like being lucky to play. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But moment. yeah. So just to they, emphasize that I didn't remember what happens in the movie. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about how we represent music managers on in musical biopics. And I do think that this movie is interesting <laughs> because like so often the like, you know, in the Elvis movie. It's sort of like, oh, like Elvis is someone who appreciates the art in its pure form, but the stink of racism in the American music industry is just like so heavy that it like it has to be like someone was manipulating him, you know, like like it, Colonel Tom Parker understood the racism was necessary for the business, but Elvis was just pure and loved the music. But this is like Barry Gordy. Well, his character is named Curtis Taylor. Junior or something like that. <laughs> Curtis, like, is uh, not the talented person. You know, he has a good ear for music. He has a passion for music. He's just lurking around the theater because he wants to be in the industry. But he he's a car salesman. Yeah, yeah. But he like knows what people want. He knows what would be a hit. And he's really mission driven. At one point, he's telling Beyonce like think about how like meaningful this the image of you in this movie would be for all of the black girls like haven't even coming of age right yet. now yeah exactly <laughs> like he he really is like it, it, he is the driver in really every way of the success of this this group and of the mainstream success of them and of like to the extent that you can say that like the supremes toppled racism like this movie is sort of positing like that was very gordy actually you know which but then also like but but crime but like it's like not all in on him in the end it is like the pureness of the art must be victorious over the business but for I most of the like movie the effect of Motown and its role in the civil rights movement and also men are trash <laughs> But not all men. What Marty, you, wait, what you, Marty's great. Where is the... You're saying that's what the movie says. Or yes. that's... Yeah, but I do think, like, to the same extent that, like, if you depoliticize... Like, like, if you say, like, Elvis was just pure talent, you know? And, like, all of the racism that comes along with the sort of, like, culturally appropriative performance that he was doing like must be mapped onto the business people because he just loved it for the sake of the art like this movie sort of has the same thing where it's like the talented people must win this time Effie White is going to win or whatever is the sort of thing that winds up being true at the end but also like the talented people do not have are like the changes that happen in the business are not because of the talented people they're because of the businessman 
which I just like. I just think it's like yeah. funny that you know he's the bad guy, but also like objectively all of the good things beyond. Yes, they don't take anything away from what he did for the dreams. Whereas, like, even though they present the we're partners, you wouldn't have what you have if not for me and Elvis it's kind of like presented as like, oh, isn't he such a villain? I'm like, no, he's right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Both of these movies, I think, have power or like are representing powerful music managers, but say presenting them like they are actually like bad or insidious in some way because they can't like produce the art themselves. But unlike Elvis, which like Elvis, I think has a it, like is saying something that I think is wrong but it's saying it in a coherent way where it's just like yeah Tom Parker sucks financial abuse blah 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 blah, blah. like like my opinion is shut up but I do think like the movie presents it and it makes a case Dreamgirls doesn't necessarily even make like the anti Barry Gordy case except for no. in the moments where it does it's just kind of <laughs> like I don't know if Barry Gordy cheated on his girlfriend that would be pretty messed up right <laughs> I mean, he seemed, like, controlling and possessive. Yeah, yes, I don't know. No. It's just interesting. He doesn't have a good relationship with any women. Well, and his, uh, with... his wife beforehand, too. He was raised by all his sisters, but we never get to meet them. Oh, no. Is that one woman who's on the tour bus with them, his sister? I don't know. Or I think it's, like, I think I that's don't know what woman. Danny Glover's sister. Oh. Oh, Loretta Devine? Was she Danny Glover's sister? Was Loretta Devine on the bus and then she sings later? I don't know. I wasn't like super aware of her presence until she sang. So she was but like I kind of stage, thought yeah. that she was in it earlier too. But it could have been someone else. Okay, anyway, Jamie Fox is skulking about. She overhears <laughs> yes. that Jimmy Early's backup dancers are leaving. Or not backup dancers, backup singers. singers are leaving because Jimmy Early was flirting with one of them and Jimmy Early is married. So he knows that that is a situation. Then the talent show happens. The Dreamettes are great. They, they Everyone loved their song. Their song was written by Effie's brother, Curtis. The house goes no. wild. CC. CC. Sorry, Curtis is Jamie Foxx. This is something I didn't pick up on and it's never relevant. But not only is CC their songwriter, but he's also the choreographer. Yeah. And he's yeah. really dancing up the sweat and stepping to the bad side. I was like, go off. Yeah, I liked that sequence. Mm-hmm. But so he notices that they're very good. He makes, uh, he has like a little moment where he bumps into. Beyonce and he's like "Ooh, you're hot but then he sees Effie putting on her wig and he's like you're hot too he thinks they're both hot um (laughs) he likes their performance so he goes up to the guy who's like judging the talent competition and he's like 10 bucks says that the dreams don't the dreamettes don't win and the guy's like they weren't winning anyway thanks for the money and then some guy who's called like tiny but he's really big classic classic guy named tiny he wins the talent competition and and be and Jennifer Hudson is like we gotta quit this is done. We've been trying for so long. We haven't broken through. I'm retiring. Also, they're 18, but yes. they've been singing together since they were 12. And you know, so, Michael Jackson, it's like, you gotta make it immediately or give up, I guess. <laughs> Michael Jackson doesn't exist yet, but <laughs> I mean, I guess he exists. But, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They're the getting time. discouraged. They're a girl group in Detroit in the 60s, and they're not making the headway that they feel they should be. 
girl groups they're popping off everywhere there's those four pretty girls who keep like looking at them and yeah exactly but then jamie curtis just jamie curtis curtis slash jamie (laughs) fox (laughs) just slides right up and he's like you're not breaking in because you're competing in amateur competitions but you're professionals why don't you sing backup tonight for jimmy early Effie's and, like, I don't yeah. do backup. I will never do backup. Effie's like, I just said I was quitting and I'm really sticking to my guns. I will not be doing this. But then Beyonce's like, please. And Laurel's like, please. And she's like, fine. So they go, they meet Jimmy Early. Jimmy Early is on in like five minutes, but they have time to run through the whole song before yeah. they go. So And he's like flirting with Laurel. He's just really taking his time, getting started. He starts singing, fake your way to the top. The song slaps. They are <laughs> singing with him. He's like, oh, you guys are good at singing. This is going to be great. Fun little camera trick. Now we're in the performance. Of now Fake they're Ray performing the all over. They're leaving for a tour the next morning. Yeah. So Jamie Foxx is like, I'll pay you $200 a day. He must have, you know, like probably he's getting paid more for arranging this, but he's paying them an amount of money that they're very excited about mm-hmm. um, to perform tonight. And then for like a six week engagement on the road, seems like the engagement goes even longer they're blowing up it's great but eddie murphy's really trying to get with laurel and she's like aren't you married yes there's a woman everyone knows how to divine (laughs) and she's like then get your married hands off of me and then he's like maybe that'll take two weeks and then we don't really see them together or I guess they're together during I Want You, Baby. Okay, never mind. There's that clip of her crying as they're having sex, which <laughs> confuses me. So they're still on, they're on the road. It's going fine. But Jimmy Early, it, like the dream girls are loving this. It's so fun for them. But Jimmy Early is getting discouraged because he does this move where he faints. But now everyone's doing that. Otis Redding. I don't know, he lists some other people, but I don't remember that everyone's fainting, that everyone's stealing his thing, you know, and his stuff isn't hitting as much. It he needs something new. Like maybe he's obsessed with being the first, even of things that he wasn't the originator of. He's like, who was the first one to wear shiny suits? And they're like, Little Richard. And he's like, no, I wore that one suit that had like a little bit of shine on it that one time. A glitter lightning bolt. Yeah. <laughs> So he's getting disillusioned, but Danny Glover is his manager and he's like, no, we just got to keep sticking with it. I've got you doing more shows, you know, like you're making money, you're a working musician. What more do you want? But Jamie Foxx, car salesman who arranged the backup singers, he knows, you know, he can see the potential in Jimmy Early and he can see the potential in Jimmy Early for a rainbow hit, for like a crossover. Black artists are are on the R&B charts. They very rarely cross over to the pop charts, which is like the Billboard Hot 100. So he believes that Jimmy Early could do that if he sings a song about driving in your car, because that's where people are listening to music. White people love a song about feeling cool in their nice car. He sells cars. Who understands the appeal of a car more than Jamie Foxx, car salesman? So Danny Glover is like, get out of here. I hate cars. I take the bus. That's what our people take. Jamie Foxx is trying to get Cece a job so he's like you know Effie's brother he writes really good music and then he's like starts singing Cadillac car and 
Danny Glover's like, get out of here with that shit. <laughs> but Eddie Murphy is like, now wait a minute. Uh, what if we did a fun bridge? Got me. <laughs> Cadillac, Cadillac. They sing Cadillac car. Mm-hmm. It's a hit. The scene that really was ingrained in my memory where they're driving across the bridge and then it's raining really hard and they start to lose the signal. But the girls are so excited to hear themselves on the radio. Jamie Foxx turns the car, does a full U-turn and just mm-hmm. starts driving the other direction so they can go back it's to where the signal it's was. It's the black radio, so the signal is bad. What? They're that's not what... getting... Yeah, that's what they said. But Maybe they're playing on in... all of the stations. I don't know, in the director's extended edition, that was a line. (laughs) Well, maybe they cut that for the theatrical version. Something worth noting is that these musical numbers are bam, bam, bam. There is like 30 seconds of dialogue between every song. It's like crazy that we couldn't remember what the plot was that one time because you really just... (laughs) Well, I knew like what happens. I just couldn't remember the details. Yeah, yeah, there's little details and dialogue. But anyway, so... Cadillac cars blowing up. They're singing it at the Apollo Theater. They're 57. But, they're 34. Oh, yes. They're 23. They're climbing the charts. Someone's like at their wedding and they're excited to see Gina in the window and she waves. She's like, we're 34. <laughs> <laughs> but then... Um, but then uh, Dave and the Sweethearts, some white people, including Laura Bell Bundy. I think other girl is someone too i don't know but i can't remember who i just remember i was like looking someone up in my itunes library and i was like what that's so crazy like it was like christy altmar or something like that no (laughs) (laughs) um well i don't know who the other one is but anyway they like steal it and sing it like Got me a Cadillac, Cadillac, you know. <laughs> they do a fun little riff. And they're pissed. And then Jamie Fox is smoking a cigarette in an alley. And Cece's like, did you see this? They stole my song. And then they're like, we got to step into the bad side. Which I was like, hmm, crime? Maybe, like, I guess payola is a crime so the situation is that it's pay to play on the white radio stations that seems to be the case for everyone but maybe it's especially true for black artists so and and danny glover is like you don't have the money to do that or maybe it's the other guy there's like a little friend of barry gordy has a friend who's just around and i don't know this guy's name it's true yeah he does he, he maybe also works at the car dealership at first i thought he was the car dealer boss and there was going to be like oh, conflict yeah. where he's like you he gotta did work at the car, car job but that so doesn't interesting. Happen. Then he really takes to the music producer life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so that guy and Jamie Fox sell all the cars to the car dealership. And then it seems like they invest the money from the car dealership in like gambling. So they must be doing some sort of rigging, but maybe they're just yeah. like counting cards. I don't know. But the point is, they really multiply their earnings. They sell all the cars. They triple all of the, the, the value of the cars. And then they use that money to pay to play. 
And maybe that is a, I don't know. Oh, wait, no. They don't sing Cadillac Car at the Apollo. They sing Step Into the Bad Side yes, of the they Apollo. Yes, they sing this is when there's all like the white radio, because then so, you yeah. see all the white radio DJs who are like, mm-hmm. this uh, guy. This song that I got paid $20 to play. Yeah, exactly. They don't say that. And They're then like, it's like Jimmy it's at the Apollo one day. sound. Yeah. And they come on and they're like, step into the bad side. <laughs> and then they've got, and, yes, and this is when we see Cece doing the choreography. Chore- there's, they've got a whole ensemble of men. They've all got yeah, this song is, <laughs> There's very little production. Dreamettes in this number. Um, and then... This is also the first like, moment where someone just is like singing diegetic, like where the singing is not like not, i'm singing on stage like jamie fox is just like walking down the streets and he's like no more trusting them my friends <laughs> <laughs> which is also funny that like this is the character who is not the musically talented one but he's the first character to sing like like this is a musical just it's fun. also weird it is something that kind of caught me off guard just like they rarely sing that way in the second half, they do a little yeah. more. I mean, the then half, we get to family just like, and it's all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, this, but this is the first moment of that. Yeah. But there's like these moments, like before Step Into the Bad Side, he's just like singing like some dialogue. And then there's like Laurel Loves Jimmy and that mm-hmm. one song where uh, Effie is like, CC, I've been waiting to hear you say that. Say it again. I was just like, this just feels like dialogue that's being sung. And maybe it's just because, like, I know all the songs on the soundtrack. So if they're singing that's not on it, I'm like caught off guard. I don't know. I, Laurel Loves Jimmy gets stuck in my head all the time, but I really thought that it was like a more intimate moment. But it really is just like them standing in a very crowded place <laughs> singing at each other. But we're not there. Yes. Take up to the bad side. It's a great success. There's a girl who, there, you know, everyone's just crowding the record, the, the headquarters for Rainbow Records. Oh, yeah. He's like, I need a secretary. Yeah. This woman will later matter. But for now, it's Wait, just... was that Michelle? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I didn't even pick that up. <laughs> I thought she came out of nowhere. All right. Then we have what we, we get a little do. moment where another thing just like oh, Curtis she's rules. like Martin Luther King is an amateur. Why would you put him on a record and not me? And he's like, What? And she's like, I'm just kidding. You're the sweetest. And like his sisters are there. And I'm like, she's 18 and he's like a divorced man. Like, how old is he? I don't know. It's just not, like, the dynamic of their relationship to me, I wouldn't think that she's 18. They start sort of, like, dating. Yeah, the, the way that we find out they're dating is that she then sings her, her just, like, a song. She's just, like, hanging out, singing a song. She's not even trying to record it. It's just a bop. Love you, I do. Mm-hmm. This should have won the Academy Award. Yeah. This I was not as upset about, because they really did hurt themselves by having three nominated songs, but of the nominated ones i think this is the best sorry to listen um great song but this is the moment when you're like oh i guess they're dating like i get because 
they had been sort of like flirty but it wasn't like explicitly clear mm-hmm. until they like kiss at the end of the song which yeah. also like makes for me the sting of like his betrayal like isn't I don't know like I don't really feel it I'm just like very Rory rules <laughs> because, no because, like I obviously definitely... do feel I feel her frustration and we get multiple scenes that sort of like amp us up to why she feels hurt and like how she's being sidelined but I do feel like we never get a moment where like we have the, they talk about their relationship or they express other than her singing a love song to him like I, I don't know when he never really expresses the same sentiment back because it's just her little solo yeah I mean I definitely in my memory thought that like there was a lot more of them being like an established relationship very much in love but I do think like the pacing of it is a little stranger than I recall but like he after that makes it very clear that he loves her and that they are a couple you know yes it's very clear that they are a couple and it's clear why she feels betrayed when he starts sleeping with Beyonce or you know she starts perceiving that he's sleeping with Beyonce that's the other thing we don't even know that that's happening I know like like, there's just it's gotta be though (laughs) I mean he I mean, he's sort her. of like an upstanding guy in a lot of ways. I don't know that it has to be, but yes, I, I believe that it, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't, it could be clearer. The betrayal could hit more for me because the extent of his feelings for her are not made clear and, and the, the reality betrayal, of his betrayal is not made clear. The betrayal is not only in the fact that he may or may not have cheated on her. It's that he like drops her like a sack of potatoes like what oh for sure give her the closure of breaking up with her you know treats her horribly calls her fat is very mean to her out of nowhere but we're not there yet she sings love you i do and it's great and they kiss and he's like it's not right for you your solo career we need it to be a little like heavier i don't know what she's just like whatever as long yeah. as I get to start a solo career at some point. And he's like, of course, we wouldn't let this voice go to waste. Then they are, then Don, Danny Glover is like, we got to do this tour of specific Black theaters. And Jamie Foxx is like, you shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I'm trying to book him at the Miami Beach Club or whatever, some place I've never heard of in Miami. It's very white. And Danny Glover is like, they won't even let you, like, they don't even let Black people this park the cars. This conversation actually starts, though, that Danny Glover is like, you are second-rate snake or whatever, right? He's mad at Jamie Foxx from the start because he's trying to steal Because he canceled a gig or something. Oh, Because Danny Glover's putting together this tour and then Jamie Foxx is like, sorry, he's not going to that because we have to go to Miami. And Danny Glover is like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't understand how much work goes into organizing a tour. And Danny, and he's like, well, you don't understand this is an opportunity for us to break through. Like we have this momentum. We have to go now to Florida. They go to Florida. They are successful. They get like, the this scene ends with Danny Glover being like, Eddie Murphy, you got to pick who is going to be your manager. And Eddie Murphy's like, I don't belong to anyone. I'm my own man. And Danny Glover's like, no, that's not true. One of us has to own you. Pick, pick, pick. <laughs> and he doesn't make a choice. So then Danny Glover leaves. And Jamie is it really is like, success? I guess he chose me. 
because it seems like it's a success. Uh, this the is audition the is a success. Where they decide that Jimmy Early is not right for this, and that they should just no. He's on. already booked the gig. They are performing at the club, and then it becomes clear that like white people are off put by Jimmy Early's yeah performance but they like looking at the pretty little girls singing behind exactly him. so it seems like it wasn't a success for jimmy early and that he wasn't going to continue with this gig because the white people were leaving at his looking at, at the time of that scene he hasn't booked the gig yet but Danny does Glover, book it yeah uh, yes because the, we see it happen there's an audience usually you don't audition in front of paying customers <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like they were sitting with that white man, and it seemed that guy, like no, that guy's talking about other opportunities for oh, them. Oh, okay. Th that guy is talking about American Bandstand. Oh, right. All right. Uh, th right, because they've already booked. They're booking gigs in white clubs for Jimmy Early, and talking about television next. And clearly, white clubs is the end of the like. This is the end of the road for Jimmy Early, but the crowd has a clear interest in the Supremes, and he realizes. I mean, in the, the Remets, he realizes that there's an opportunity here to use the girls to then get on television, which they do. Yes, that is the thing that is established in this song that um, moves the plot along, but also it is established through a cutaway that Laurel has given into Jimmy's advances and that they are now having an affair that will continue for eight years. <laughs> I was like shocked later on, she's like kissing him for every year they've been together on their anniversary and I'm like oh my god you're still going <laughs> so they They're Curtis comes to say the situation and Laurel is talking about how she's so in love and Dina's like you are too concerned with love I'm concerned about my career and she's like, you're just jealous. And then Effie's like, yeah, you are. Like, me and Curtis are in love. And, like, now Laurel and Jimmy are in love. And yada, yada, yada. And then and then Curtis comes in. He's like, okay, you're not going to go to the next stop of the tour with Jimmy. And Laurel is like, you're trying to tear us apart. How dare you? You can't stand <laughs> that we love each other. Well, you know what? You can't do that. You can't break us up. And he's like what i don't care about any of this no 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 i've booked you again you're gonna start your solo career you, the three of you are spinning off from jimmy early he's gonna continue the tour alone you're gonna stay here as your own act and they're like what that's amazing oh my gosh and curtis is like and dina you're gonna sing lead and effie is like what and beyonce is like wait what no i'm not i'm not good enough at singing to do that and curtis is like well jennifer hudson is like she's not good enough at singing to do that and then beyonce's like she's right i'm not yeah um but curtis and cc have talked about it effie feels kind of betrayed that curtis her boyfriend and her brother both think that she's too ugly to be the lead <laughs> but they do and they're all on the same page and he doesn't present it like dina is the prettiest he says like dina has a softer sound like we're trying to have a pop like a light poppy sound that's more amenable to white audiences so Dina is actually the right person to carry that yes but he does also say that she has the right look which could be a she combination a of her size and her being light-skinned I don't know but then Effie's like what do you think I'm ugly 
you're my boyfriend and he's like I didn't say that stop taking this so personally (laughs) right he just doesn't (laughs) but he's (laughs) they do their best to be nice about it and they say but he hugs her and he's like trying to comfort her but at the same time I'm like you are a terrible boyfriend um and then Cece is like Curtis thinks it's best for the group and she's like what about me and then Cece sings family and how we need you but like we need you to be in the background please (laughs) (laughs) and there is something to it like the concept of like it's more than you it's more than me is like there is something about there's something one there's something interesting to me about like yeah like you are the most talented among us but for us to advance like our race and for us to like fight segregation you actually need to sing back up like like that is an interesting thing to present like an interesting moral quandary to present to mm-hmm. Effie and an interesting framing of it but I also yeah. do think like talking about their relationship a little bit does Jennifer Hudson is just not that much younger like Jennifer Hudson's not 18 so it doesn't like read in this way to me but there is something like not like if you really think about the ages that they're supposed to be yeah I don't love the idea of him being like not very supportive like it does feel like he's taking advantage of her like mm-hmm. it's possible that he doesn't have any real feelings for her and just is kind of stringing her along for the sake of the business which is like not like fully explored in the movie and part of that is just like a failure of casting like yeah. you got to do the thing they did in the dropout where like if Amanda Seyfried's playing an 18 year old her 30 year old boyfriend should be played by like a 50 year old Davina <laughs> Andrews which like I think works <laughs> And I would yeah. appreciate it if Danny Glover was playing Barry Gordy. <laughs> also, now I'm just thinking, like, Cece gives younger brother vibes to me. But Cece, that would mean that he's, energy like, is 16. Because later on in, the, in a few scenes, Cece is going to start dating the woman who replaces Effie in the group. I That's know, so he's, weird. like, a horrible brother. <laughs> then he redeems himself he's like sorry i was young i'm like you better have been 14 years old the way you treated your sister <laughs> but <laughs> okay so they pop off as the dream girls they're not they're not the dreamettes they're the dreams now so they sing dream girls and then they go so and dina famous. is really killing it and her mom is in the audience with curtis and she's like wow you know, I really never thought my daughter was that talented, but I guess she's doing a good job. And he's like, yeah, you know, she's got this, like, quality that blah, blah, blah. She's like, wow, you're talking about my daughter like she's a product. And he's like, a product? I like that. Which makes me think, like, oh, you know, like, maybe he's not having an affair with her, and he just, like, sees her as more marketable, but he loves Effie. But then it's like, I just think he doesn't love any of them, and he sees them all as products. And yes, I think that's probably correct, of them. but that does mean that I'm actually not certain that she, he's having a relationship with Dina, because it doesn't seem like that's something Dina even wants. Like, Dina's so focused on her career. I know. It's just I'm interesting so... to me that they never confirm they what's happening there. time jump. And I'm like, Dina, what made you want to marry this man? <laughs> it does, yeah, it, like, never it does really imply that he is like him. taking advantage of them in some way where like he will sort of like start showing them attention in a way that makes them feel like he, they should be in a relationship with him. Yeah. 
But anyway, then they're in the recording. They studio. become so successful over the course of Dream Girls. You might not like. You could blink and miss how successful they become. They are friends with the Beatles. They are on American Bandstand. They tour not just the United States but the world. They're in Europe. They're everywhere. In India. They're on the Great Wall of China. (laughs) And Eddie Murphy, like, sees Laurel in London on TV and, like, does some coke. And we're like, "Uh, I guess he's not doing well. Yeah, his career is not popping off in the same way that they are. He is not on American Bandstand. Um, And then then they're recording a new song, Heavy. Which is just, like, crazy, this song. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, no wonder she quit. Who wrote this? Did Cece write Curtis, this? Yes, Cece probably wrote this. Oh Her my god. Sucks. <laughs> the song is heavy, and it's like, you gotta lose some weight. You're too heavy. <laughs> I actually thought maybe the heaviness was metaphorical. But I think I... it is, but it's all, I think it's both. You know? Mm-hmm. But, um, but so she- they're singing, they're recording it, and uh, Effie is, like, singing too loud. And Curtis, like, storms in and is like, how many times do I have to tell you? You're singing too loud. I'm going to move this mic away from you, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I can't see me, but I just did, like, a stone face. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like, Are, uh, Wayne, the former car salesman is like all right take 33 oh and also dina is like i think we're just tired and he's like oh baby like you're all good like let's just try it one more time no he's also like we can't because she's like what if we like go to bed and just try again in the morning and he's like we obviously can't do that we only have the space for a certain amount of time like also the album is a month late yeah that's so long that you're behind for your debut album but uh so then they try it one more time and Effie like grabs the mic and sings right into it and then storms out and then she's like I know you're sleeping with Dina but he doesn't like deny it he doesn't deny it but he doesn't confirm it it's just a very weird situation it seems like if it wasn't true he's probably sleeping with he her would yes say, he would deny it yeah but it also seems like he's trying to like on the other hand perhaps this like he's just trying to make her kind of paranoid and drive her out of the group you know like mm. which I if he's not get. sleeping it's with like, dina because, because the thing she is like was if he's not sleeping with dina then it makes ruining her life like she could have just left if it's what? purposeful to get her out why did you just not just let her leave when she wanted to you know does she want to leave what are you talking about she wanted to leave and they sang family to get her back and then the next song no like, but i don't think he wants her out then i think they're like becoming very famous and successful okay. and it's becoming yeah like right. he's not trying to like replace her in the group they are a group they pop off together but then you know the next they are becoming icons in a way that she does she just increasingly doesn't match the the look that the product has you know oh and there's also like a clip at like a press conference 
and he's describing like how to make a great group or great music or whatever it's like an ice cream sundae and you need all the parts and then this one journalist is like and is Dina the cherry on top and he like grabs Dina and is like Dina is the ice cream the chocolate sauce the cherries no she's not the ice cream she's everything but the ice cream oh I thought she was everything no and then we see Effie feeling upset yes Effie is just increasingly feeling just like frustrated and stifled in this group they're performing a music video number two and Effie's like not into her little oohs and ahs in the background and then she walks off and again Curtis follows her and is like oh you know what we skipped that scene when she like runs outside and there's like riots happening in Detroit that's after that's that's after heavy okay okay great 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 yeah and then he is like nice to her. Yeah, it's just weird. I... Yeah, he gives her a hug. They just embrace with the fire all around them. And they go back inside. And then they're like over. But then the second, <laughs> when she walks off the music video, he's like, well, that's your second strike. You're out of this group. And so then she doesn't come to rehearsals for a while. It's New Year's Eve is coming up. She hasn't been at any of the rehearsals for the New Year's Eve show. The guy who Which owns is the venue gonna be their like, Vegas debut. Yeah. And the guy who owns the venue was like, you know, people are paying for three girls. And and Curtis is just like, it's gonna be fine. Don't worry yeah. about it. No we one see, knows who the third girl is. We see Effie. Um, which also kind of it's like no one would know if Laurel or Effie were replaced because it's about Dina, you know. Yeah, and then just two other girls but we see Effie at the doctor and then they're rehearsing and she comes in and she's like oh my god guys sorry I'm late but like went to the doctor I'm feeling much better like let me go put my costume on and they're like oh no that's okay you can just go home and rest she's like what are you talking about it's New Year's Eve why would I just go home and then Michelle comes out in her dress and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so nervous. And then she's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, like Cur- and then, everyone's like, and Curtis was supposed to. And then she's love like, love me. me. <laughs> Curtis was supposed to love me. And then and he comes in and he's I like, there you say, are, Effie. I cried. I don't know why, like, I know this song front to back, but this time, watching it, when she says Curtis was supposed to love me, it, like, actually meant something to me. I was like, oh, this poor freaking 19-year-old girl has gone through the freaking ringer, and she's mm-hmm. pregnant. <laughs> but then they're all basically just like, and also it's weird how much Dina flips on a dime. That's, that's why I'm like, maybe they're not sleeping together because Dina does not seem like she thinks she's done anything wrong. And you would yeah. just think if you were like sleeping with your friend's Best boyfriend, friend's boyfriend. Yeah, you would feel a little badly. But she's yeah. like, now who that's you call true. them comment yourself indulgent? But she's also not like, how dare you accuse me of that? She's just like, how do you say the other mean things about me? It is very weird. Yeah. Everyone and is really Laurel acting is like, like she's like... just being crazy for thinking this but they're not saying it's not happening yeah 
Laurel's like, please stop it. And then Michelle is like, I don't want to stay around. And also, I kind of like, I always thought it was messed up that Effie would say this is between Dina and me because it's like, well, Rel is just as much a part of the group. But really, she's saying, Dina's sleeping with my boyfriend. Like, it's not about the group, which I hadn't really put together. (laughs) Yeah, Laurel's energy is often like, hey, this is about me too. (laughs) Um, It does seem like everyone just kind of wants her out. Yeah. Which is a bummer for her. And it's also like... Including then Cece. Cece even's like, hey, just take the money and run. I wrote that song about how fat you are. Obviously, I don't want you here. Like, Cece is like pushing and grabbing her. I'm like, Cece, like in my vision of how this song plays out, Cece's like, lay off, Effie. Just take the money and run. But he's like, lay off Effie just take the money and run I'm like oh my god that's your sister man <laughs> yeah everyone's really la- like Beyonce is getting really up in Jennifer Hudson's face <laughs> for too much of the song I think this maybe is a direction failure but I think in general yeah. the weaknesses of this movie are direction and editing that's like there's way too many cuts but whatever that's it's, it is what it is yeah I think I was like I wish freaking Steven Spielberg like, was directing this it's not like super well done but it's also like so iconic and the performances are all great yeah except you know Beyonce's lip singing is not great and I do think in this song I was like girl take a step back but for the most part I think it's well done and the product the design elements are cool this is all on like a stage with a bunch of mirrors mm-hmm. which is fun as a, like the design elements are all there but then I do think like sort of the failure of direction they don't really use them enough yeah um and then everyone leaves except Effie and Curtis. She sings, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. You're the best man I'll ever know. I'm like, that can't be true. <laughs> I mean, he is pretty great, except for the this whole deal. <laughs> um, and he she's just, just kind of like Jr. begging him. And then and he just like, like walks out in the middle of the song. Yeah. Yeah literal blackout start of act two well they sing a little love love me baby oh they have a smash success on their vegas debut no one notices that she wasn't there cut to like eight years later yeah maybe seven six maybe six because i think they say like for the past six years their albums have been number one Dina oh, okay. is watching a little film about how successful she is. And at the end of the film, it's like, she's going to star in this Cleopatra movie. And she's like, ugh, not again with this. And so I don't know why she's, <laughs> I don't know where this little film, yeah. like a news on the march sort of thing. <laughs> but So um, then she goes and she clearly doesn't like the film, but she doesn't know how to talk about it. She's clearly married now to yes. Curtis. And, and their it's house part is of the, huge It's and part crazy. of the little film about her life is that the happiest day of her life is when she became mrs curtis taylor jr and she there's like a little song in the background of this and then yeah. she tells curtis like eh, i don't know about this movie and then he's like when i first saw you and he sings yeah and it's song. also it like it seems like she's not interested in being an actress 
but then she's more interested in being an actress than she is in being a singer. She just really doesn't want to do Cleopatra. Yeah, she just hates like, why Cleopatra. Not? Why do you hate Cleopatra? She's like, the Egyptians were not the first society. I am a Mesopotamia stan. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's that's happening. Basically, this is just a series of scenes to show us that um, Curtis has become too controlling. Now his business savvy is hindering the creative spit. Like before, it was letting people fly, giving them spaces to grow creatively. Now he's locked them down in ways that they that they don't like anymore. He's grown too big, which, you know, that's probably true. I respect that. You know, he's become the establishment, so he's no longer challenging it. So we get a song that um, Laurel and Jimmy Early record. That CC wrote. Yeah. And they and play it for him I, and he's like, no. I will say about, all I know about Barry Gordy is from the Temptations musical. But in that, he's like, he won't let the Temptations sing war. And he's like, we'll do political mildly. But even that song is the song that the Temptations actually released, Fall of Confusion, is way more political than Patience, which I think is another departure from Barry Gordy. Yes, right. He says like, oh, sorry, we're not going to sing this song because it's too political. And And it's literally just like, be patient, little sister. Let's walk together. (laughs) It's like super not political. But and then Michelle is like, my brother is in Vietnam fighting a pointless war. I'm like, yeah, Michelle. But she makes out with Effie's brother. <laughs> and then that's uh, like never explicit. It, there was a few scenes of them together, I know, and then I was yeah, like, oh my god, are they together dating? all the time? But they they are dating. Like that's a plot point in the musical, but they never like explicitly state it or it's show just it. So in the messed movie. up. He really yeah. sucks as a brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he doesn't even know that she has a daughter. He like fully was like, she got replaced in the group and he was like, and you're also my new sister slash girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he writes her letters, but he waits six years to come visit her in person. Yeah, he like gives her money. It's so weird. Yeah. We find out that Effie is unemployed. She refuses to look for a job because the only thing she can do is sing. She has a nine-year-old daughter who's like, just sitting in the unemployment office okay. reading the book the over and over again. The daughter can't be nine if it's only been six years. <laughs> good point, good point. <laughs> That's why I initially said eight years, but I don't know. I don't know how old that kid is. The kid looks she's... like, the actress looks like 12, but yeah. I'm sure the character is supposed to be younger. She's the age of how many years have passed. I, they must say her age at some point, but I don't remember it. Maybe it's more time than I think. Maybe no, wait, now I kind of think it is nine. I feel like she says when she's talking to Dina, she's like, says that she has a baby. And Dina's like, oh my God, I didn't know you had a baby. And she's like, yeah, I had her like nine years ago. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's not exactly a baby. Yeah. Um, so then she goes to see, like, she reaches a point where she's like, fine, I guess I got to have money to raise my nine year old child. So she goes to see Danny Glover, who's like still kicking. I don't know. He's like, wow, it's so good to see you. They're both in Detroit. It's like, that's so crazy that you haven't seen each other once in nine years. But whatever. They reunite. I know. Like, how have you been trying to sing all these years and not run into him at all? 
Whereas yeah. there's this sort of like sense that there's this conflict where she like wants to be independent. Like she's having a hard time asking people for help. She refuses yeah. money from her brother. She doesn't want support from her parents. But now she's changing her mind. I don't know what's making her change her mind. She just sees her daughter and she's like, oh, this kid's nine. <laughs> I guess I should get to it. <laughs> so she goes to audition for a club and the guy's like, I don't want to hear you sing. And she's like, well, you're gonna hear it. And she sings, I am changing. And he's like, well, you're hired. And also, Danny Glover is a little mean to her. He's like, listen, I've been supporting you for four months. I think everyone was right about you. You just always have excuses. And now you have no excuses. If you, you're just failing because you're a failure. And then she's like, all right, fuck you. Let me sing this freaking song, sir. <laughs> And then the club owner is like, oh my god. So she's and... building a little performing career in Detroit. That's nice. Then we yeah. go back to the world of Jamie Foxx. The, there's like a big television show that's happening. He's Some having sort of a big event. like 10 years of Rainbow Records reunion concert that's being televised live. Gotcha. So it's a live televised event. The Jackson Five are singing a little song. Laurel and Jimmy are celebrating their anniversary. But then he's all stressed out because his wife is here. And she's like, your wife is here? And it's just crazy to me that they've been together for eight years. For eight years. And And his wife has, like, she's gotta know. His How wife, we, get, we see a little shot of her at the end and it's like, she like looks like the moment where she's finally figuring it out. And it's like, girl, are you stupid? Like, yeah, whatever. But so he's, they like fight right before. Cause she's like, your wife is here. Like, when are you going to tell her about us? And then she's like, you know, it's our anniversary too. Kiss, 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 kiss. We've been together eight years of unmarried life. And he's like, ugh, not this again. And then she's like, I don't know. Do you love me? Or like, I I should have known. Like, you don't really love me. And he's like, what? Of course I love you, but I gotta go on stage. And she's like, ugh. Then he's singing I Mention No Harm to both her and it's like kind of funny. He's like looking back and forth between the two of them. It is and just like the situation feels so like contrived or like it's been eight other. years, but whatever. It's like a funny yeah. thing. And then it's also, I thought that Jimmy's rap was more like driven by his frustration with having to sing these sad songs, but we don't really get like, it almost feels more like he's like, hey, you know what? I don't want to sing this song because I've got two women on two different sides of me that are starting to notice each other. I'm going to do something yeah. else. But So then he's like, I can't sing these sad songs anymore. I'm going to do something fun. And then he says, one, two, three, hit me, hit me, bye. And then it's very fun. The song rolls. Jimmy's rap takes his pants off. Curtis storms backstage and is like, You're fired. You just took your pants off on TV. You're an embarrassment. <laughs> and he's like, ah, Come on, man. I'm just taking my pants off. <laughs> like, please don't fire me. And he's like, no, you're fired. Well, he's like, this doesn't have to end on bad terms. Like, we can still be friends. 
call me if you ever need anything. And he like puts out his hand and Jimmy slaps it away. And Laurel is like, you're a real idiot. And he's like, and come on, I love him. you. She's like, Lorelle I love you. Laurel loves, loves Jimmy. But Laurel and Jimmy are through. And he's like, wait, don't go. But then she's like, I gotta go do a show. And it seems like she's like, I gotta go do a show, baby. Like kind of calling back to the thing he said. But then she literally does. It's like, what? Of course she has to leave right now. She, the, her musical group is performing mm-hmm. for the same benefit as you. It's very odd that he thought that maybe she wouldn't go. But whatever. She goes and performs yes. with the dreams. They sing. Also, they're now called, uh, since the second act, now they're Dina Jones and the dreams. Yes. Just to clarify that. Um, they sing a li- like four lines of family. Mm-hmm. Then we move on to Step On Over. I don't know what that is. Hmm. Well, Jimmy dies. Yeah, the heroin overdose. Yeah, he was doing heroin when they rejected patients. It's like, oh, I guess you moved on from the cocaine you were doing in that other scene when your girlfriend was in London. Um, the drug overdose arc feel like I just remember that being more developed than it was, but it really felt like we just got like three scenes of drug use and then he was dead. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess we sort of are familiar with those tropes. You don't need too much in some ways it's nice to just be like yeah and then you know the musician thing happens to this guy <laughs> but, <laughs> but it did feel a little brushed over and you know telling that eddie murphy does such a good job in that role i thought there was like 16 more scenes of that because every every beat of this thing he nails he should have an academy award <laughs> um and then loretta divine sings a little like love song to the friend the platonic love oh, song oh i Jimmy's think Stefan over is like so cc wrote a song and then he storms out while they're listening to it because he's like you've taken all of the soul out of my music like oh how right. many times are you gonna like just destroy my songs and then he the like their fight stops and then moves to a new location because then he's <laughs> with michelle and um then yeah cc goes to be quits and curtis is like michelle cc can quit you can't and then they're like guys jimmy early's dead and then everything we just said happens yeah and cc goes to i actually i think that the jimmy early thing is split up by that like i think that it's part one the step on over fight and then the michelle oh yeah you are right after and then because CC, because that's what gets job. broken up by it is the screaming. But okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> then in the middle of the same scene, there's suddenly a new location. <laughs> Talk about a continuity error. <laughs> um, CC gets fired or quits his job, and then for the first time in nine years, goes to see his sister and is like, "Oh my god, you have a kid? What the heck?" And the only reason he's gone to see her is because he's like, I have a song that I want someone to record. And I, you know, like my relationship with Curtis only has fallen you apart. you can sing it the yeah. way it's meant to be sung. But not because like you have the most beautiful voice because it, 
my boss at my major record company won't let me record it the way I want it recorded. Oh, okay. Wikipedia says that weird song was only in the director's cut. It was really weird. That's when he says only he sings Effie sing my song. Only you can sing it the way that it's meant to be sung. And she's like, I've been waiting to hear those words. Say it again. Say it again. I was like, this is She does weird. say that. Well, she sings it in the director's cut. <laughs> But anyway. Well, she records one night only, which is not one of the better songs in yeah, this show, to really be not. honest. Like, and I always, I hate to say it, but I always liked the disco version better, just because it's like, I don't have the time. Like, I don't know. I gotta like go. Not like it's any better, but it's just like, I don't know. As a kid, I thought it was more fun than being like, you only have one night for me. <laughs> It's sad. It doesn't make it a bad song. Lots of good songs are sad. But yeah, yeah it is. it's in a musical with so many bops. Yeah, and and good ballad. Like it's not like they don't have good decent mm-hmm. ballads in here, but it's not like it's not that soulful too. It feels like the disco version was written first, and then they yeah. created the more soulful version because it's a lot of like long held notes. You know, it's not like something where you're like, oh, they really took the. It, it doesn't have the same energy. The Cadillac car soul sucking feels like they wrote the good song first and then mm-hmm. they were like, how would they mess with this? Whereas that feels like they wrote the disco song yeah. and they were like, what would be the sort of more soulful version of it? That's definitely true. But anyway, um, but anyway so Curtis yeah, she sings it. His it typical starts paper play thing. some play on the radio and Curtis is like, if Cece wrote it, we own it. Just like being super petty, like, let's have Dina and the dreams record a disco version and release it and then like bribe all the radio DJs to well and he's also like this song is like perfect for the disco like I'm trying to invent the genre of disco and this song is perfect for it it really feels like a disco song that someone just slowed down (laughs) and the guy Wayne is like yeah I hear what you're saying man but this is Effie's big break you know like maybe we should lay off and he's like it's just business but obviously it's a little personal um and so they pay to not play her and to play Dina's version um and you know Effie's upset but then Dina why does Dina start rifling through his drawers oh then Dina takes a meeting with John Lithgow and John John Krasinski Krasinski. I was like what is happening um and they've got some movie about like like Thelma and Louise but with a black woman it seems like kind of is the deal I don't know I didn't oh interesting I I really didn't pay close enough attention to what was happening in the movie it was something about being desperate and being in a car (laughs) yes that is I do remember both those details as well maybe I just like and she was like this is perfect for me back to my car roots but (laughs) you know this is not about Cleopatra Curtis is very invested in creating a particular image of black empowerment that this movie does not vibe with and also um John Lithgow was like, even if we wanted to get in bed together on this, would your husband even let you? Because isn't he really set on having your film debut be Cleopatra? And she's like, oh, um, I mean, 
he's just really busy that's why he's not here but like we would make it work no 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 she says he's really busy <laughs> with the music side of the business so she's like he's not really focused on film right now so probably he would let the cleopatra thing go mm. because he says something that's like isn't he really trying to make that Cleopatra movie happen? Like, I bet he's got, like, mob money tied up in it or something. Oh, just, yeah, again, he does say that. that. He's got something to do with the mob. And she's just kind of, like, dismissing, like, no, 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 that's not. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry about the mob. <laughs> they may or so may then, not be part of the situation. They're having dinner. And he's saying something about how one night only is great. And then he's, like, oh, he asks her something about the Cleopatra movie and she's like oh you know I just haven't really had time or been tired or whatever and he's like yeah I mean you've got this and this and taking private meetings by the pool you think I'm stupid and then like I mean he says some mean stuff to her he's yeah. like he's you know like, why you know why I made you the lead because your voice is like empty and bland and like stupid and I it only has any depth because I put it there and she's like why would you say that <laughs> so then she sings a listen while she's like doing photo shoots for cleopatra he's and she's also like, like she's like i'll sue you and he's like no you won't you think that those film guys are gonna wait for you while you're trying to sue me like you can't do this oh he's like you can't even wipe your ass without my control i don't want those guys handling you you're mine yada 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 yeah then we see her like doing press for cleopatra like she is clearly a product that jamie Foxx. but she's owns. also like that mob thing that's maybe relevant so she's like rifling through his little yeah. drawers and then he finds in her drawer one of the lps of or maybe what what what's the shortest version just a single Whatever. <laughs> <I> <laughs> she finds know. a little record of effie's version of one night only and she's like what then and then she's up. like hysterically crying on the phone and Effie's on the other line. And Curtis is standing there like, yeah, I'm in this room now. And you're like, whatever. Where's your girlfriend? Um, oh, so Cece. then. This then, is who you're talking about, not Curtis. What? When you said Curtis was standing in the other room, you meant Cece. Oh, I did mean Cece. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> their names are too similar because they're both starting with Cs yes then cc effie this white man lawyer and danny glover all go to confront jamie fox and they're like looks like you're in bed with the mob you better <laughs> let us distribute our song and he's like whatever sure <laughs> and he's like pissed at dina but he's like whatever i'm very gordy i'm very successful i guess i'll just focus on the jackson five well this is when um dean he's like who tipped you off and then it's like cut to Dina and Effie and Dina's like I'm so sorry like I had no idea what he was trying to do to you like I'm sorry but I think that's a lie <laughs> to an extent yeah but <laughs> um then she finds out also there I don't remember when this happens I think it was after I uh when I first saw you but Dina really wants to have Curtis's baby and he's not really into that I yeah. guess so then right because he doesn't really care about these women <laughs> yeah so then but Dina's Effie surprised to learn about Effie's that, baby yeah. yeah that Effie's baby is Curtis's child and she's like <laughs> anyway she decides that she's gonna break up the dreams 
she's done with being a supreme um so she they're playing their final show back in detroit and also there's a scene like so because um after jamie fox says like i'll deal with you later so then we see him storming into the house like yelling for dina and then her mom is there and he's like oh uh mrs jones what are you doing here she's like my daughter called me and we're getting out of here and then they leave and then she's like yeah i'm leaving you i don't care what happens i need to be my own person blah 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 and then it's then they're like and then on he's the standing outside for their and final then all the lights go out and then there's a single spotlight on him and then that spotlight goes out and we fade to black again and then we're on this red carpet and he's got some new woman and everyone's like oh like mr taylor how how do you feel about this farewell performance and he's like you know i don't like goodbyes only hellos meet liana washington the new <laughs> But then Dina and arrives, then, and everyone's like, and everyone's "Get up here, Liana!" Yeah, and he's like, "Ugh." I'm like, "Because yeah, you're not as he famous. manufactured their star. Dina is the owner of the star, so she's more important than him." Like, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I'm sure that Liana yeah. Washington is going to become a huge star. You know? No, yeah, I kind of thought that that whole red carpet scene was pointless. But um, then they sing "Hard to Say Goodbye," which is a good song. Yeah. and then it's so hard and then dina's like oh my god this is our last song ever it's really sad and like a lot of people don't know this but there aren't three dreams there are four and curtis and then, is like what and then jennifer hudson comes out and magic which is the name of her daughter she's like crying and cc and danny glover they're all like oh my god this is amazing and then like and she gets to like sing lead on this song yeah. which is like a weird experience for people who are big who fans have never of dina jones they like yeah. who is this woman <laughs> the final notes that the supremes are singing are led by this woman who we've never heard of but it's how it's meant to be you yeah, know no it's fine it's at the end she's like check out my single and then the very last note of this movie is that curtis is like in the um what are those called he's in the box box. he notices magic sees that jennifer hudson is like singing to a little girl in the front who seems like her daughter and he's like a nine-year-old daughter and then he's like goes down and he's just standing right next to her so close i remembered this moment but i thought he was looking down the aisle he walks all the way up to he could just grab her and run away if he wanted like it's like (laughs) it's so close and she's just like yay music completely unaware she's like not like noticing that he's so close to her i'm like if that were me i would like be like totally feeling his presence and being like so scared and like that's why she's crying and (laughs) not because she's proud of her mom (laughs) just pretending that she doesn't notice but yeah and then that's the end of the movie I don't know if he's gonna try to connect with his daughter or kill her who knows with that guy (laughs) 
And then they have like a real 2006 kind of credits where it's like yeah. little clips of every character in the movie and a big and introducing Jennifer Hudson. And now we all know her. Mm -hmm. And that's the real success of this movie. Yeah. Well, I like yeah, it. I mean, it's a good movie. I have no like final thoughts, really. I'm not familiar enough with the musical to know, but I really like some of the added songs. Even Me though too. I think that they like don't necessarily like "Love You, I Do," could serve the story better. Like it communicates a clear story point, but the way it's integrated is just like a random song is sung. Mm -hmm. And you know, "Listen," I think is the best integrated of the new songs. Definitely. But I think that the the music that was written by other people, notably, you know, like the musical was written by just like two white guys, and there are some black people who contributed music yeah. to the movie <laughs> and uh, it's better for them i think yeah i do think that all the new songs are very good songs all would have been a good song already. it could go though but yeah yeah patience is the one that they should have been like hey good job but we are not submitting you for the oscar because we're really betting on uh, one of the other two yeah. but yeah dream girls classic i cried a couple times watching it i was very oh. happy to have rewatched it and i was singing along i was vibing it's a very good movie yeah the end thanks for listening listen <laughs> again if you want we'll do this again <laughs> yeah but i don't know what to yeah me neither Maybe it's time for Descendants 3. Wow. Tune in next week for Descendants 3. I'll be glad to be finally done with the Descendants movies. For now. They're making <laughs> no, a fourth. No, they wouldn't make another one without Cameron Boyd. I think they are. No, they can't. No, I think they are, though. And Dove Cameron is, like, so successful now. She's going to go back and do another Descendants know. movie. It's what I heard. We'll see. <laughs> All right, whatever. All right. Bye. Bye. Subscribe to us. Uh, this podcast was called Sister Act, just in case you forgot. And we're on um, iTunes Everywhere. and other places. iTunes. I actually think we're not. On <laughs> we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye. Bye. dreams come true you're strong and you're smart you've taken my heart and i give you the rest of me too you're the perfect man for me i love you i do